On this week's episode of Marketing Clock, Google has a new Gemini AI model that's better than humans. New Reddit ad placements places your brand at the center of the conversation. Elon has advertisers leaving X in a go f u <laughs> Oh, on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhout. AKA Shep. I'm Nicole Waddington. And I'm Greg Finn. And it's officially marketing o'clock. Here on December 8th, 2023. And before we get into all the digital marketing news of the week, Shep, you're back. I I am. You were gone. Yes. I had the most wonderful vacation in the most magical place on earth. It was my first time taking my kids to Disney World. Uh, It was just amazing. I'm such a Disney adult. I don't care anymore. Now, did you take your kids there for them or for you? It's, you know, both. You can have it both ways, Greg. Yes. I just know that when I took my children there, I asked what their favorite uh, ride was. And they said it was the purple truck and i said i don't know what that was are you talking about the the tram that goes and gets you from like uh epcot center or whatever that is mm-hmm. what is it called the air tram something the monorail monorail the monorail i'm like oh you mean the monorail They're like no it was the thing that picked you up from your parking spot and took you to the monorail was her favorite part well my daughter loved all the rides she had a blast she would have gone on anything if she was tall enough and a lot of fun things happened speaking of epcot center We went, and the big thing is like drinking around the world, of course. But we had our kids, so it wasn't like necessarily planned. And it's 12 countries. Like, I could never. But all of a sudden, it's 5 p.m., and I've had like a margarita from Mexico. I had um, had to try the Violet Sake because it's my daughter's name from Japan. Like, I had already had like four drinks. And then we like take a break to ride Soren and whatever. And then it's like we go back to Canada and England, and it's 8 o'clock. And my husband's like, I have a confession to make. I've almost done all the countries. Like he's been like sneaking around like all day. We'd like separate for a minute and he'd just like go to Norway and pound a beer. He's like, I only have two countries left. And I'm like, what? You are crazy. And then this was our second park. We only did three parks the whole trip. This man ran a marathon a month ago. He was limping like he could not walk like we were seeking out benches for him. Even I felt bad for him and I never feel bad for this man. I'm always like, you're such a big baby. What was he limping for? Just walking around so much in bad shoes. I guess he's got weird feet. You've heard me talk about it. So he sits down on a bench in France. What's wrong with his feet? He's got bunionettes. (laughs) (laughs) He has wide feet. He can only wear New Balance. They do make double wides. Yeah. So... He sits down on a bench in France, and we've just got to wait there until the fireworks. And then we, like, walk right to our hotel outside of France. And he's like, listen, I've got two countries left. I need you to go get me a drink from China. And I'm like, dude, that would be like me carrying you across the finish line at a marathon. I'm not doing that for you. If you can't walk, you did not drink around the world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I didn't help him out. He was really upset. So he didn't make he it. Didn't no. Wow. Two countries short. I can't wait to call him out for this at our Christmas or our holiday party. Yeah. So then he like blew all of our money there that day. As you can imagine, everywhere it is just ridiculously expensive. And on like the last night, we're walking and I'm like, oh, I'm like so scared to check our credit card statement. And my daughter says to me, no, you're not, mommy. You're brave. <laughs> <laughs> So you said that your oldest daughter had a great time. Did your youngest daughter, Saki, have a good time? (laughs) Saki had the best time. So my older daughter was like afraid of the characters and Saki would do like the nose boop with Minnie Mouse. It was so sweet. She had a great time. Fish and Garrett boop. Yeah. I brought him there for myself, but I don't care. Okay. (laughs) What's going on in the news? What I miss? Um, We've got a lot here in the news. And the news this week is brought to you by us. We've got a new tool out there called UA Data Extract Tool, and it's over on uadataextract.com. 
We basically were looking for our clients and for ourselves to figure out ways that we could keep and store all of our GA3 data. And we found a way basically to export all of the data from UA. It is going away obviously in like seven months. Um, and if you want to save your data, you can use this tool. We will pull all of your data out and put it into a Looker Studio report for you. So you'll be able to keep all of your data, be able to see everything that you're looking for by location, device, pages, content, sources, everything that you're looking for, you will lose that. At this time next year, you will not have that, right? It's July of next year. So we made this tool that will extract all of your data, keep it for you forever, and give you a nice Looker Studio report where you can sort by whatever time frame you want and still have that data that you can compare to with your GA4 data. I understand that it's not apples to apples, but at least you'll be able to have and store all of that data and be able to see why you did so well in the past or why you're doing so much better now in the present. So it's uadataextract.com. There is a fee with it. Um, and if you are an agency and you're looking to like white label it, just reach out, contact us. We can figure out ways where you can make money, keep uh, being a superhero for your clients and keep them storing their data that is going to go away if you don't do something. And I feel like nobody has any plans to keep this data. People are finally over to J4, but nobody's talking about storing and saving that data. So we made a tool, uadataextract.com. Okay, and the main news this week, Google has launched their new AI, Gemini. And Gemini is basically, it's different than like Bard. Gemini is sort of a model where Bard is more of a tool. Right. So like this is a model that you can use, iterate off of, people can build upon. So this is a model that doesn't just use something like text. It uses um, audio, video, text, code to be able to come up with um, artificial intelligence around that. So this is supposed to make us trust Bard more? It will enhance Bard. It will enhance SGE. It will enhance everything Google does. Okay. Okay. Apparently, according to Google, this is better than any other model out there. It is even better than expert humans. Uh, humans in the video that Google showed scored 88% um, being experts on their field, and Gemini scored 90%. So, okay. Um, and then this is one note in the announcement that I just thought was funny. Um, uh, Sundar Pichai said, that basically, this is what excites me, the chance to make AI helpful for everyone, anywhere in the world. Nearly eight years into our journey as an AI-first company, the pace of progress is only accelerating. What? You haven't been an AI company for eight years? Didn't you save a code red? Because ChatGPT like, was launched? Yeah. I thought you weren't AI-first. Like You just can't just come out there and be like, oh yeah, for the past eight years... As a 6'5 man, I've been... No, you can't say that. <laughs> no, like I'm, I'm five, ten and a half. just history. Yeah, I just thought this one. It's like, no, you say code reds, dude. You had code reds. Anyway, so they're on version 1.0, obviously. It's the first version. And Google has three different sizes of Gemini. So there's Gemini Ultra, our largest and most capable model for highly complex tasks. Gemini Pro our best model for scaling across a wide range of tasks, and then Gemini Nano, which is essentially for like devices and things like that that don't have as much processing power. Okay, and starting today, and that is Wednesday, uh, the 6th, Bard will start using a fine-tuned version of Gemini Pro for more advanced reasoning, planning, understanding, and more. This is the biggest upgrade to Bard since it launched, and it will be available in English in more than 170 countries and territories. Why wouldn't they just wait to launch Bard until they had this then? Because up until now, it's felt like a joke. I mean, they're an AI first company for the past eight years, Chuck. <laughs> no, they're not. I know. I think they just figured out Bard sucks and they need a new model. They're bringing Gemini to Pixel as well. Uh, the Pixel 8 Pro is going to have Gemini Nano, which will power new features like Summarize and the Recorder app and rolling out Smart Reply and Gboard uh, coming next year. And then according to Google, they said, we're already starting to experiment with Gemini in Search, where it's making our search generative experience, SGE, 
faster for users with a 40% reduction in latency in English in the U.S. alongside improvements in quality. I, I use SGA multiple times today. I haven't seen it. If this is Gemini, <laughs> good luck. Like, we're going to get to a little bit more in the organic section. SGE has got some whack yeah. stuff going on in there. But apparently, Gemini is already in SGA. And then starting on December 13th, if you're a developer or enterprise uh, customer, you can use Gemini Pro via the Gemini API in Google AI Studio or Google Cloud Vertex AI. They got too many names for stuff. Too many names. It's too much. Mm. Then Gemini Ultra is coming oh soon. So it is, um, they're currently completing extensive trust and safety checks, including red teaming by trusted external parties and further refining the model for fine tuning, whatever. Um, and then Gemini Ultra will be available to select customers, developers, partners, and uh, safety and responsibility experts. And then here is something that I haven't seen people talking about, but they also mentioned in the announcement that early next year, will also launch Bard Advanced, a new cutting-edge AI experience that gives you best access to our models' capabilities, starting with Gemini Ultra. So I think they're trying to position Bard as like a paid tool. But like, Bard sucks. Who would pay for SGA it? SGA is hit or miss. I'd say, I'd say sometimes it's better, I think. I think sometimes it gets, gets you unique content that you wouldn't see in the normal SERPs. Um, but then Bard Ultra would be Gemini, Bard Advanced would be Gemini Ultra powered. And then Bard would just be Gemini Pro powered. Which is like, again, we've said this for maybe like six years now. There needs to be a naming person yeah. mm -hmm. at Google that can say, don't call it Bard Ultra or Bard <laughs> Advanced using Gemini Ultra. Like, what are we doing? How so. do you have one thing called Bard and one thing called Gemini? Like, doesn't seem yeah. like the same brand at all. Welcome to the new era of Gemini, Bard, Gemini Ultra, Gemini Pro, Gemini Nano, Nano, mm -hmm. Bard Advanced. Can't wait. Next up, we have some updates from Reddit ads. Reddit has launched two new ad formats within conversation placements. So these will sit within a Reddit conversation thread appearing below the original post and above the first comment. These are not new ad formats. They're just new for this placement. The first is carousel ads, and these are being redesigned for this new placement so brands can showcase up to six images or GIFs or GIFs, each with its clickable link leading to respective landing pages. Does that mean you can have six GIFs and six GIFs? <laughs> no, just six total. Oh, okay. And the second is product ads, so advertisers can connect with high-value consumers who are actively engaged in research. So we've heard a lot about how Reddit is doing better with like recent Google updates, so I think this is a really cool opportunity to try to capitalize on that as an advertiser and get some ads in there. Like if you've never tried Reddit ads before, I think now might be the time. We should be doing PPC Reddit. I mean, those people mm -hmm. are sad and they could use our help. <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't believe last week, like all my niche Disney questions, like yeah. it always brought me to Reddit and it would find Hidden me. Hidden gems, yeah. baby. It's like yeah. the best search engine. And no, I, even, I always put Reddit at the end of my search questions. And I never mm. used it before. Like I don't have an account. Every time I click on the link, they want me to download the app and I don't. You would. I know. Can I, can I convert <laughs> you into a Reddit user? I know I will be, but I have a life to live. Yes. Do you What's want your threat? life enhanced or not? No, I'll just set it up for you. I'll be like, no, this uh, is so R dangerous. I will literally so with dangerous. Our the Disney, amount of time Disney that line. you'll end up wasting on Reddit yeah. is our, so the dangerous. The royal family. Our um, rats. Our no. <laughs> it, I think this is a great opportunity for people. If you've been sleeping on Reddit ads, now might be the time to try it. So in the most recent Elon Musk drama, in front of a huge crowd last week of potential advertisers at the New York Times Dealbook Summit, Musk had a chance to clarify his stance on some comments he had made that were anti-Semitic, and he kind of apologized, but related to advertisers, he goes, if someone is going to try to blackmail me, blackmail me with money, go F yourself. And then along with this interview, he adds in at the end, hey, Bob, seemingly aimed at Disney CEO Bob oh. Iger. 
So, <laughs> you know, Disney is one of the brands that halted its ex-activity as a result of Musk's anti-Semitic comments. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of data come out that advertisers are pausing completely on X, not wanting to advertise or be associated with the brand. Um, so, yeah. It's a not a usable ad platform, so you don't really have to do much to get people to stop using it. Yeah. And I... Pre-X, pre-Twitter, pre-whatever, I thought Elon Musk was somebody to, like, look up to, right? Like, you are really, it seemed like when you hear him talk, he was really trying to change the world through sustainability and electric cars, and everything he said makes sense. I don't even know if he knows what the word blackmail means. Like, right? Like, blackmail is, I have something that I will speak out loud unless you give me money. That's not what black, you can say... I didn't like the food I got at this restaurant. I'm not going to go there again. I didn't like this experience, and I'm not going to go to Pizza Hut again. It doesn't mean you're blackmailing Pizza Hut. Yeah. You just don't like what you got. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, hey, I'd rather put it at a different advertising, mm-hmm. that's not blackmail. And it's not blackmailing with money. And shut your mouth, dude. <laughs> and saying to go after yourself to, to advertisers, people are like... There are people out, people are on freaking teams. It's like what we do. We just go and we flock to a team and we're just on that team and support everything. And people are like, oh, that's so great. No, that is a terrible thing to say to advertisers. And it's a terrible thing to say to the people creating on your platform that are going to put their content on there to make money. You aren't just talking to Bob Iger. You're talking to Bob Smith down the street who's working on their X account, putting out content all day, and you hear that, and you're like, oh, go after yourself to the advertisers. Yeah. Good. go some. They're going to go somewhere else, and, and yeah. you just need to shut your mouth, Elon. And then if you look at that interview, too, he's like talking to, to the interviewer, and he's like, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. <laughs> he's like, you know, how much how much are my speaking fees here, Jonathan? I'm only here because we're best friends, because we're friends. We've been such a good, long friendship, Jonathan. And like, t- what, what were the speaking impression. fees? What were the, spe- what were the speaking fees? And then he goes like this. He goes, well, actually, my name's Andrew. <laughs> and it's like, what are we doing? Just shut up. I like X. It's a stupid thing to say. Good luck trying to make money from like, premium Twitter or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Nobody even knows what anything's called anymore. I'll take Gemini over <laughs> clock any day of the week. All right, next up, some good news here from at ads liaison Ginny Marvin on X. Uh, she had put a response out from somebody asking about um, Google Merchant Center next, and she said support for rules and supplemental feeds is coming early next year, and we know they're important to many. We won't invite merchants using these features to migrate until they're available in GMC next. All existing rules will continue to function after migrating. And if you've migrated to GMC next and now need to access these features in the meantime, you can switch back to classic mode and linked instructions. Phenomenal. I think that was everybody's biggest concern is that this GMC next looks like it might be have some of the kind of stripped out features. Um, having supplemental feeds is huge, especially different targeting different uh, locations, all that. I would imagine that GMC Next would have it, and, and we now have confirmation on that. So that is phenomenal. Okay, and lastly here, Nicole, you are our LinkedIn uh, guru here, so help me out with this one. Put in a late ad here. But LinkedIn has a new uh, conversions API to help provide greater clarity and precision. It's called conversions API or CAPI. Like Capybara, my son's favorite animal. Um, And basically, you can use the Convergence API with Insight Tag to gain more complete view of your conversion tracking. And so you can drive better results with website actions. So with the new measurement platform, um, website actions will simplify your journey by enabling you to measure and retarget button clicks on your website without the need for complex event tracking installations. So that should be a big help. And then, Nicole, this is what you've been buzzing about is document ads enhancements. I think you kind of like broke that news about the retargeting. Um, you now can retarget people who have previously interacted with a document ad um, and help, again, target down the funnel. And you can also now embrace new objectives 
with document ads mm -hmm. where you can um, try to get website visits, website conversions, um, and drive actions on landing pages. So what are your thoughts on that, Nicole? Yeah, no, I'm really excited, number one, about going back to the conversion API. I feel like that's just LinkedIn ads catching up with other ad platforms, being able to integrate either you know, your HubSpot, CRM, track conversions, see people converting down the funnel. And then also with document ads, I feel like just in general, better retargeting options. I know they already had that for video where you could optimize for conversions, retarget people who have watched a certain percentage of a video. And it's good to see that this newest ad format, document ads, is getting, getting that opportunity too. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from the one and only PPC Kirk at PPC Kirk on Axe Kirk Williams. Just um, out at Brighton SEO. Yep. He has celebrity sighting. Lego shoes on. Yep. Eating tacos. Eat, yeah, we're eating tacos. In the wild. We're eating tacos together, <laughs> but maybe next time, Kirk. And Kirk had a video where he took something off his wall on X, and it was the Google Partner Premier Badge, one we lost after I keep flapping my gums out here, <laughs> and he replaced it with a Star Wars plaque. Aww. And somebody responded to him saying, why? And this is the take of the week. PPC Kirk says, the program has increasingly devolved to be Google using agencies to hit their arbitrary internal goals rather than actually supporting our clients. We've tried to partner closely with them across many teams in the past, and it's just never worked. They complain that we don't actually partner with them, so I guess we're just going to disagree here. By, quote, partner, unquote, they mean, quote, we scratch your back and you scratch ours with stuff like AAR, auto applied recommendations. And by partner, I mean, as we've told them, we manage millions of dollars in advertising to you as our side. So now, your side of partnership should just be helping our clients with whatever questions or issues they have so they're truly happy. Happy clients want to spend more. We all win. I truly don't understand why it's been so hard for Google to grasp this. It's literally just customer service. And before the G defenders jump in to say, Google doesn't owe you customer service, I will agree with you and say, you're absolutely right. I'm not owed anything here. I'm asking for them to see the long-term ramifications of ignoring customers. The agency partner program, as it is now, ain't it. <laughs> Hashtag PPC chat. It's so true. Yeah. And I will go out and say there are many people that are irrationally anti-Google. Not me. I'm pro-Google marketing. I never speak a negative word right. about the company. Maybe like Higman. <laughs> like maybe but i would say the ppc kirk should be and has been a huge ally yeah. for google and google ads and to see this like that is a pretty bold move to mm -hmm. put this out there and he's standing up for his morals and for his clients and i commend him for that and i hope that he gets more clients his clients are more successful and doing things like AR, AAR ain't it either. Yeah. So. May the force be with you. Yeah. Shout out, Kirk. Thank you. Now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. I See Why Am I, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I, people, from Chris Ridley at C underscore J underscore Ridley on X. He posted, I just tried to pause campaigns in a client account per the request, but Google Ads wanted to play 21 questions instead. Google seems to be trying everything to discourage, ab discourage advertisers from turning off their ads. So this is something that we have talked about briefly before, but I see why am I. It says, tell us why you're pausing your ads. And the options are business priorities chains, results didn't meet expectations, Google Ads is too complicated, rude technical policy or customer support problems, and then other, i.e., I just wanted to try it, which is so rude. Pause. I just want to try it. Yeah. <laughs> I just really want to see what happened to my pause. Then once you say next, like 
I, I'm going to pause it. It says, consider these alternatives before pausing. How to choose new keywords with Keyword Planner. How to use responsive search ads. How to create responsive display ads. So everything, but you have to get past all these things before you can actually pause your ads. It's just trying to stop people from doing what they want to do, and it should be criminal. Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, Pinterest has some updates for the holiday season. They said direct links are here for your festive campaigns. And they said, as we get into the busy festive season, it's more important than ever to put your resources where the results are. So they're using festive as like a synonym for the holiday season. I'm sure it's like a PC thing and I'm on board, but I'm festive all year. So I kind of take umbrage, you know, why can't I be festive all the time? Um, Okay, so a couple of the updates are they expanded new direct links features to even more objectives and formats. So this is a really big deal with Pinterest ads. It always takes two clicks for someone to navigate off of Pinterest to the advertiser site because you have to like click to make it big from the the board and then click off. Now with this option, you can only click once and it's gonna go right to the advertiser's website, which I think is awesome. And you can now use direct links for both consideration and conversion campaigns across image and video ad formats. So look for that update. Mike Ryan tweeted about a new video week article and it's called Google's Pmax has run brand search ads on porn and piracy. Shut up, this is a family show. I know, and I'm about to make a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a quote from the article says, in some cases, the impact may have been fairly small of these placements. For example, on the pornographic website reviewed by Video Week, ads only appeared after users had explicitly entered a search, and most search terms entered on a porn site would be unlikely to attract bids from brands. And then... He highlighted, but the likelihood of a user searching for M&Ms on a porn website is, to this writer's knowledge, at least fairly low. He happened to highlight this in green. I think his mind was exactly where mine was. What about the green M&M? I was going to say, she's a borderline pornographic. I know. They got rid of the green M&M icon. She's wearing nothing but boots. Didn't they replace them? Wait, do other M&Ms have clothes? The green M&M is not a great role model. (laughs) <laughs> the other M&M's have clothes, though. No, but they don't have boots either. So she's the most clothed M&M, and you're taking umbrage with her? I guess, but they're not clothes where it counts. All I'm saying is I think Mike Ryan's head was the same place where I am. People are searching for the green M&M. You may remember last week, not me because I wasn't here, Ben Turner tweeted from the at Ben BGT digital account about new impression share metrics in Google Ads LSA accounts. Ginny, our ads liaison, responded from her account and said she is confirming that impression share data for local service ads is available from November onwards. So you don't have a lot of historical data there, but it'll be nice to have moving forward. Next up from PPC Greg on Twitter, late update ways no longer sells ads. To access the inventory, you have to turn on Pmax as of September 1st, 2023. What are we doing? Yeah. Ways is like such a specific thing that I feel like you'd either want to be in there or you wouldn't be. Well, we got to add this to the Klockskers. In 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 memoriam list. The Klockskers are coming up and we are behind on preparing. We're behind on everything. I've got the annual holiday sweats. Got to get going on it. Why would you do that though? Money? Oh, you're going to be on Mm -hmm. video now. Like, No, I just kind of want to be on Ways. Yeah. Mm Kind of want to be on Maps. Because they want you to be everywhere and pay for it. Next up. What, what if what if this? What if this, right? <laughs> Google launches this Gemini mm-hmm. and it's better than any human expert. And it comes in as like everything you are doing is wrong. People just want to advertise the locations. They don't want video. That would be nice. And it just fires the entire company. Yeah, then they're gonna get rid of Gemini. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Google Ads has a new head of ads, and Mike Ryan pointed out on Twitter that Google says this is, quote, not related to the recent federal antitrust trial. Honestly, this might be good. This might be somebody that, like, put together, like, really good programs, things that people love. Love your optimism. Yeah, like, maybe they are just, like, a visionary in, like, user experience. 
because that's what we really want. We want mm-hmm. something that we can use that's good, that has great reports, that's easy to see yeah. data. Like maybe this is a good thing. Fresh eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could it get worse? So the tech giant is replacing Jerry Dishler, who you may know from his unrelated testimony in the USA versus Google case, apparently. Shake the cushions. Um, after 15 years of service and replacing him with Vidya Srinivasan, sorry for butchering your name, and Boris Pesarek, quoted from the article, during her tenure, she led the launch of Performance Max and Demand Gen. The overhaul of Google Analytics and the implementation of Pixelist measurement for YouTube advertising. Oh boy, we're in for a wild ride. Why? What? How? I'm using Performance Max because I have to. I don't know if I'd say that I like it. Uh, Demand Gen, I'm not liking so far. And everyone hates GA4. So She did GA4? The overhaul of Google Analytics, it says. Is it GA4? Has anything good happened to Google Analytics in the past few years? I'm No. I mean, they had an app that came out. I just need to confirm before I go off on this person. You didn't need to say that into the mic. Yeah, I'm seeing her quoted for all the J4 articles, and so is Nicole. And that might be the last person to ever promote for anything. Like, you can't find information in the basic... GA4. You need to explore and you need to use Looker Studio and you need to use BigQuery. This is not good. Mm-hmm. This is not good. What are your thoughts? Not not a good direction at all for Google Ads. I'm feeling doomed. I'm scared. And Performance Max works, obviously, because Google's making it work. Yeah. And Demand Gen mm-hmm. sucks. We'll get to more to Demand Gen mm-hmm. later in the show. And GA4 is a disaster. You would look at those things, babe. Oh, you did these? You should fire. Bad. Yeah. You're fired. Barry Schwartz reported that Google is testing a line separator between ads and organic results, which is truly shocking to me. Greg Finn tweeted that Finn Stradamus says this test won't ever make it to production. Is that what you Never. mean? Never. Yeah. Why would you do that? I that will know. make them less money. I kind of like it, but maybe I Gemini did this. Oh, and it's like, yeah. Let's make it better for the user. And they're like, oh, no, take it away. Next up. Microsoft Advertising just released their list of updates for December. We always get a lot of news at the beginning of the month. So number one, they are launching a new partnership with Baidu Global, the, quote, international AI business growth engine. And they said, take advantage of this opportunity by making sure all of your ad group settings have the entire Microsoft Advertising Network selected. No. Thank you. No, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> so it's a new ad placement that I don't want. <laughs> um, number two, Microsoft Store ads are now generally available in all global markets. CTV campaigns are rolling out in 20 new markets. You can now manage predictive targeting in bulk on Microsoft Advertising Editor, which is basically Microsoft's version of optimized targeting if you were like me and weren't familiar with this specific term. And then I went into Editor to check all my settings and the options are predictive targeting, none, off, or on suggested. What's the difference between none and off? I'd like to know. Google Import now supports importing discovery and demand gen campaigns, which are not a supported campaign type in Microsoft. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm fearful and I don't think you should do that. And Bing Chat is now called Copilot in Bing. Next up, Joe Schmo at the Joe Schmo on X found a really interesting and annoying little quote in the Google advertising policy verbiage, and I'm just going to read it. It says, quote, we want to ensure that users know which advertisers they're interacting with. At times, users may not be seeking content related to a particular advertiser, brand, product, or service. Other times, they may have a specific brand in mind. In both situations, Google wants to ensure that the identity of the advertiser the user chooses to engage with is unambiguous. And then it talks about how your ads could be limited if you have ad copy that has branded terms or alludes to another branded term, whatever. Moving on to matching corner, Alfred Simon tweeted an example of his search term report where the term car insurance matched with a close variant for Alliance Insurance. If Google wants to make sure people know what product or brand they're interacting with, maybe they could not use close variants for branded terms. That would be a great start. So stupid. Good news. Gemini. (laughs) Maybe Gemini is the answer. No, imagine how stupid this AI would have. You would have to take it. It's like a 90% now. It would be like, we will not match car to Alliance. 
And it's like, no, hey, Gemini, we're going to like, we're going to pull a few plugs on you because we need to shake those cushions. Yeah. Gemini doesn't stand a chance. Alfred agrees with me. He said competitor names and search queries should not be treated as close variants of non-branded keywords. I will die on this hill. One of my biggest beefs with broad and phrase match. Well, with not bro- Alfred, if, with broad match, that's on you. That's on you. Yeah. but That's you, you problem. It would be nice if it could be like broad match without brand terms. You That'd can do nice. that. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? You can apply brand negatives to broad. No, but like, I just think a close variant shouldn't be able to match with a competitor's brand term. That makes, oh, yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, especially for a phrase, because the term literally phrase means something. Mm-hmm. That a phrase is there. It means nothing anymore. I know. Another matching corner update from Joe at the Joe Schmo. He says, wow, my criminal defense clients ad actually got clicked on for this close variant. And it is characters that are not the English language that I'm not familiar with that match with the term lawyer's criminal phrase match. So Gemini's are only hope at this point. The only solace I take is when you see the Joe Schmo who does, seems like he does a lot of lawyer work. You see the ad squire boys that do a lot of lawyer work like... At least you know some lawyers. Because you should get them on the blower, and you need a class action lawsuit, and I'll be the first to sign. I'm jumping on. Help us out. All right, Organic This Week is brought to you by UADataExtract.com. It's our tool to help you save your GA3 data. I know that analytics was just overhauled, and the person that did it got a promotion. Mm -hmm. But that data is still important. That data still Mm -hmm. matters, and you still need that data, and your clients still need that data. If you're an agency and you're looking for multiple, reach out. There's a form on the site. We can figure out white labeling, discounts, ways that you can not pass any additional costs on to your clients. We'll figure it out. The main thing is you're a good marketer. You need your data. You need to save it. And you have a limited time. And we have a tool that can get it done for you now. It is uadataextract.com. It'll take all of your GA3 data and put it into a Looker Studio report that will allow you to reference it into the future so that you can use your upgraded GA4 and still compare to the past. UADataExtract.com. Okay, and first up, Microsoft Bing has a new feature called Deep Search that provides even more relevant and comprehensive answers to the most complex search queries. It's not a replacement for Bing's existing web search, but an enhancement that offers the option for deeper and richer exploration of the web. I want to go try this. I don't have access to this. Why do you announce things and not like give it to people? (laughs) I never get that. Apparently, you can ask it like their example was, how do point systems work in Japan? And if you search via Bing, Deep search will take it and enhance it with uh, GPT-4 and essentially could give you a more comprehensive description. And the example they showed is provide an explanation of how various loyal, I don't know, whatever. You can, if you see a deep search to the right of your bar and you're not happy with the results on Bing, hit that and you can get more information. There is new vacation rental rich results on Google search. It is structured data that will have um, a search console and rich result report, which is nice. But I think the bigger thing is we talked about this all the time last week. There's now profiles. There's now organizations. There's now discussions. There's more rich data than ever, which was like the opposite of what we saw about four months ago when they took away how-to data. They took away FAQ um, results in the SERPs. And it seems like now they're, Google at least is back to saying, mark this information up, help us out, where it seemed like they were taking that away for a while. So this is just, again, another rich uh, structured data that will help, could potentially help you in the SERPs. And from Glenn Gabe on X at Glenn Gabe, he says, okay, so we know that Google is now bringing back the FAQ snippets, but they're also testing that for how-to snippets. I'm seeing them return for a number of sites across both mobile and desktop. Just a heads up if you have how-to markup implemented. So the markup's coming back. I don't get what to do over People, there. People like took it off, right? Because <laughs> they didn't think they did. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're out there being like, hey, let's make things speedier. 
Core Web Vitals, whatever. I know the Core Web Vitals isn't code length or whatever, but people are trying to like be more efficient. And if they're not looking at how-tos or FAQs, why would you have that on the site anymore? Mm-hmm. But now they're bringing it back. But I, again, I like structured data because it's you giving that information to a search engine, saying this is my organization, mm-hmm. saying this is my favorite kind, saying this is my company name, instead of them guessing for you. Mm-hmm. And so again, work on your structured data. All right, Google from at Google Search C on X, they said starting today we are rolling out an update to our video, our results in video mode to only show pages where video is the main content of the page to better connect users with video content they're looking for. We'll also be adding a new reason in Search Console to better explain why videos aren't indexed. So, if you had video markup and you were getting traffic from videos, but it wasn't the main content on your page, wasn't high wasn't the whole thing. It was just something maybe like a little part of a recipe at the bottom. You may see a big drop in video and you can see it in Search Console um, showing that the video is not the main content of the page. All right. And from Glenn Gabe, there is something going on over at groups.google.com. He says, like I said at the time, something is going on there. Check out the recent surge. Boom. And there's a a SEMrush report here showing a massive increase for Google Groups. Going from what looks like by eyeball to about 1 million visitors or or 1 million visits in like early November to early December being up about 5 million. 5x the traffic. That's a lot. And then Lily Ray um, also put out an X post saying that I dug deeper into this, and let's just say this is by far the most outrageous error I've ever seen on Google, and that is saying a lot. My jaw has been on the floor all day. Hidden gems is a mess, if that's what this is. One, I don't know anybody that uses a Google group. Why would you do that? That's what Reddit's for. What are we doing? (laughs) Two, we talked last week about the discussions markup that you can use to help get into perspective or discussions, whatever, for your forum. This stinks. <laughs> this st- like they're just getting more attract there, but I feel like somebody's like, oh, the hidden gems. Oh, Reddit's way up. Oh, Cura's up. Oh, all these things are up. That's really cool. How how did groups.google go? Oh, there's nothing helpful there. Didn't do anything. Let's fix that. Let's shake those cushions. <laughs> Let's get more traffic over at groups.google. Okay. And then from at Marty Oberstein on X, he says, speculation. This is Google testing out forum content on the SERP and seeing how it goes with a, quote, control. So the control being their own product. And he says, prediction. If forum SEO will be a thing, we're cutting all the SEO from this show. I'm terrified. <laughs> He's not wrong. Everybody's going to be like, oh, you set up a Google group. Look at how good this is. Uh, no, no. Okay, from Google Search Central here, they are sunsetting the mobile usability report and the mobile-friendly test tool and the mobile-friendly test API, uh, RIP in peace, put it on the clock source. From Morty Oberstein, ever heard of him? Um, it says, I know over the summer, Google added site names of Favicon to image search, but he hasn't seen it as much as he is now. So this is more like an, a heads up. Uh, Barry Schwartz said it is not new, but if you're looking at images, you can get those favicons in there. Again, another great reason you should use that organization markup that we talked about last week they launched. From Lily Ray, she's saying, a major problem I'm seeing with more and more of SGE, aka the search generative experience now powered by Gemini, Gemini. Pro. Not Gemini Ultra yet. Okay. And she says, when you search for branded keywords, SG is attempting to piece together various details about the brand from many sources, almost as if it is deliberately attempting to avoid information coming directly from the brand's official website. I understand why Google would want to show third-party reviews about a brand for certain queries, but if you type the official brand name or brand plus shipping, Google should not be overlooking the main website. I just found an example where typing brand plus shipping had SGE pulling in all kinds of shipping information from the brand's UK, EU, Australia sites directly into SGE for US searchers. SGE is not even available in Europe. Why is it a good idea to show EU, UK shipping 
info to U.S. searchers. Lily, I have one thing to say to you. Gemini. <laughs> it's our only hope. YouTube is also updating its product's drop feature to improve accessibility and give creators more control. It, it enables creators to announce new products during live shopping streams, like the queue, and is also being rolled out into first-party stores for the first time. Okay, Google Merchant Center will remove the ability to select uh, four rules-based attribution models, first-click, linear, time decay, position-based. All those items allowed you to see where Google was taking the value from. Google is trying... Off the record, Google is trying to hide, or I can never say the word, obfuscate. What? Hmm? What's that word? Obfuscate. Obfuscate. They're trying to obfuscate. Word of the day. <laughs> but they're trying to make it like unclear as to yeah. where the conversions came from. What will happen, Finster Thomas hat, is when you cannot see how something like DDA is calculated, then you now have free reign to make DDA weight things as you would like it to. Mm -hmm. So um, they're removing that from Merchant Center, first click linear time decay and position based. And this was something shocking out there. Chat GPT gave the wrong answers for nearly 74% of medical questions. Oh. Hear me out. I'm going to turn that sigh into a smile. Okay. <laughs> ChatGPT's answers um, were reviewed by pharmacists were incomplete or wrong. In some cases, providing inaccurate responses that could endanger patients in, again, three quarters of drug-related questions. Who sponsored this? That's what I always go for. Oh. Oh, it's the ASHP. The ASHP is the largest association of pharmacy professionals in the United States, representing 60,000 pharmacists, student pharmacists, and pharmacy technicians in all patient care settings. You're just trying to save a job. They don't want to be I don't know why we have pharmacists. What? This is one that AI can take. I'll take AI over a pharmacist. Pharmacists should be a machine. I disagree. What are they doing other than making me stand in another line to talk to them about how I already know how to take a medication? That, like I can't believe that is like a lucrative job. You, you count do, the pills. You count I need someone that I can trust to count the pills, though. I literally I take Gemini some, over the freaking pharmacist. It's some 21 pharmacist year old farm tech counting your pills. It's not a pharmacist. They are just trying to save their jobs. This is, this is the, I cannot believe we sell a pharmacist. <laughs> we should have machines dropping the pills out. That's scary to me. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'll take Gemini. Okay. And from Lily Ray at Lily Ray NYC on X from Gary Yesh uh, from Google, he had a post on, it looks like LinkedIn, where Lily said, it, again, it's ironic and circled the fact that if you host third-party content on your main site or in your subdomains, understand that such content may be included in site-wide signals we generate, such as the helpfulness of the content. For this reason, if that content is largely independent of the main site's purpose or produced without close supervision or the involvement of the primary site, we recommend that it should be blocked from being indexed by Google. Okay, so you've got third-party content, something that other people made. Let's say you're a website and you've got something like maybe like a site stat where people can build sites all they want, like a doc stat where you can have people put in all this different information in a document. Maybe a sheets dot, developer dot, keep dot, drive dot, groups dot, classroom dot, research dot, patents dot, toolbox dot, codes dot, scholar docs. Or say you even have third-party information over on bard dot. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't do that. And that's it in organic. What's happening in social, Nicole? All right, so we're going to fly through a lot of this X news. It has to do with... Advertising revenue loss and Elon. So first off, X News Daily at X Daily on X posted <laughs> Grok is now live for some users. It's slowly rolling out and it had an attached screenshot of what the UI was. It was just like an all black background with a basic search bar at the bottom. So Grok as background is a refresher is X's AI product. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> And Elon Musk has acquired a money transmitter license in the state of South Dakota, pushing forward his vision of transforming X into an everything app and bringing the total number of states he has licensed for, for money transmitting up to 10. 
Money transmitters just sounds weird. Yeah. And similarweb.com reported that X continues to experience a steady 14% drop in traffic year over year. Not surprising what we covered in main news about Elon's comments to advertisers and just in general how the platform has been treating advertisers lately. And appfigures.com reports that Threads has seen downloads nearly double over the last week. Wow. Even before Elon's go F yourself moment. Um, and Greg, there was an interesting graph that love your interpretation on. This chart is quite, yeah. quite strange. I'm trying to figure out what, what is happening. Learning? In this. X is black. Threads is gray. Yeah, I don't know. They don't have a a key uh, there. But I mean, new downloads. It's like threads. X been around for so long. Yeah. 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 I also I just don't the fact that your boyfriend Adam Masseri, um doesn't want to have hard conversations on threads. It's just like there's a time to have hard conversations. It's a tough time for a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of religions, a lot of things like that. Like I just think threads sucks. Yeah, it's always popping up in the middle of my Instagram feed, and then I click see more, Just and you don't even have it. to log into Threads, so there's no motivation for me to join Threads, yeah. or re-download it, rather. And TikTok owner ByteDance is the latest to test out bot creation via a new soon-to-be-launched platform that'll enable AI chatbot customization within varying parameters, so more features to come on ByteDance. And then Pinterest is testing a new AI body type filter to make search more inclusive. It'll roll out first on women's fashion and wedding ideas, enabling users to filter the product search results based on different body types. That's great and all, but nothing beats trying on clothes or dresses in person because the sizing never works for me. Yeah, you're not going to buy a wedding dress without trying it on. A group representing 83 Spanish media outlets has filed a 550 million euro lawsuit against Facebook, owner Meta Platforms, setting unfair competition in the advertising market in a case that could be replicated across the EU. The newspapers argue that Meta's massive and systematic use of personal data on its Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp platform gives it an unfair advantage of designing and offering personalized ads which they say constitutes unfair competition. Last in social, this is kind of weird, Snapchat is looking to take next steps into virtual fashion with its first ever Bitmoji makeup drop, which will enable... (laughs) (laughs) How f***ing stupid are we? You're going to be like, hey, I'm interested in this... Virtual makeup. This hue of makeup. I get virtual makeup. Put it like you have a camera on your effing phone you can see what the makeup looks like but instead you're gonna let like, me put oh, it on you know a virtual avatar of myself how my bitmoji looks is it gonna be cute on my bitmoji if it's gonna be cute what is happening to us this is like this is idiocracy it is not a cute it's not that deep it is that deep this is the downfall of society this is the downfall of society but the fact that this is an article, like, why do we need an article about this? I mean, I don't know. It's You're trying today. out a product on your Bitmoji no, instead of doing it on your face? it's just yeah. like, hey, 13-year-old and Snapchat, like, Elf is a brand. That's the only point. And then they're going to beg their mom to take yeah. them to Target and go get the Elf lipstick Elf that the Bitmoji has. Listen, I can't figure out how to make my Bitmoji not pregnant anymore. My baby's six months old. Why do you so. have Snapchat Ooh, in the first place? No, I don't have. I don't have Snapchat. I we use Bitmoji at work, so oh, someone can help me with that. They have like clothing sponsors too. It's just yeah. an ad. Relax. Never. <laughs> And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. This week in Working Hard or Hardly Working for me is just getting rid of meetings, working hard. I feel like across the agency, we've tried to scale back on meetings, standing meetings, one-on-ones, and they're great and all, but then as teams shift and your clients shift, I feel like 
we don't check in enough sometimes about whether a meeting is needed or not. So I'm starting 2024 new and I've basically taken away all of my internal meetings and restarted from scratch. I love it. I love like the idea of stand up too. Like if you want a meeting, you got to be standing. Like, let's make this thing done. You know, get it over with. For me, um, Greg and I were looking at an e-commerce account um, at like bid strategies and it still says if you switch a bid strategy to CPC, it says manual CPC and you can still click help increase conversions with enhanced CPC and then there's a little notification that says starting in early October 2023, enhanced CPC will operate as the same as manual bidding for standard shopping campaigns. Enhanced CPC will no longer apply additional modifiers to your manual bids. But it still lets it's, you pick it. It's December. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me check. So is it yeah, working or October. is my bid manual? Like, what? Figure it out. Greg? I, I could do an hour-long podcast on them changing <laughs> this if you want to. Um, so something worked hard for me, Microsoft has a, um, a CPS tool where it's cost per sale bidding. You get impressions, you get clicks for free, and you only pay when a sale is made. Uh, working hard, actually doing well, and it's really cool. I just always love it when you see free clicks, free impressions come through. And then the really cool thing is you put in like what you're, um, you're willing to pay per sale, and many times it goes under. But hey, I'm willing to pay 200 bucks. It's like, oh, we got it for 100. Nice. Like, Microsoft. Are we besties? <laughs> uh, so CPS with Microsoft, check it out. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's cool tool will prevent you from going insane when setting up your LSA Google campaigns. So it comes from AdSquire. It is a list of over 200 countries to exclude in your campaigns. All you have to do is click the link in our show notes or over on Discord. We'll have it linked out and you just copy, paste it into your location and exclude it from your campaigns. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from the one, the only Menachem Ani, Menachem Ani on X. He's got a thread that covers everything you need to know about demand gen campaigns, covering his tests, discoveries, Q&A, breaks down what it is, how it's different than other campaigns, anything that's new, in demand gen, how it's different than discovery, ways to measure, migrating to demand gen, and campaign management tips. Um, demand gen is tough. He explains why it's tough, why you might not see the same results as Pmax. Just go check that out. If you want the link, it's newsletter.marketingclock.com or community.marketingclock.com to join our Discord where you see us cook up the news every week. And now on to our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Nicole, what will you be adding? I will be adding Bins by Solange. Ooh. Sister of Beyonce? Mm -hmm. I will be adding Merry Christmas Darling from Leslie o Odom Jr. I will be adding Self Love by Metro Booming from the Across the Spider-Verse. Oh. Across the Spider-Verse? Yes, Across mm -hmm. Spider-Verse soundtrack. All right, that does it for today's show. It's now officially not Marketing Clock. Thanks for listening. We miss you already. Can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we cover. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. Today we're playing everyone's favorite game. Ooh, Greg, I'm excited. What game is that? No, you can you can go for it. I don't you have said it's everybody's Oh, you don't even know what game it is. It is everybody's favorite game. Two kinds of people. Okay. That is my favorite game. And this is the winter edition. Okay. Because winter is upon us here. We've got our first snowfall here in western New York. And so we've got... Two different scenarios, and you fall into one camp. This is a binary decision. 
that you are to make here. All right. So if you get to your car in the winter and you've got, you hop in there, put your bags in, you got to hop in there anyway to get your brush and you see a window that you can look out, but it's not absolutely perfect. There's two kinds of people. There's one person that will go out responsibly, take their brush, scrape everything off, make everything nice and perfect. Perfect, And then you have the other person that just YOLOs it. Call me irresponsible. Mm-hmm. I will always avoid taking the time to brush off my car if I can. Okay, so you go through and you see you've got a window. You can probably see enough through. Fire the car up, yep. turn the the um, defrost on as mm-hmm. high, and you just go for it. Yep. Nicole? Yeah, I agree with Shep. Um, I will look out of like a two-by-two two square clear inch of my window shield if yeah. I can. I'm not going to take the time yeah. if I can Tables? see it all. I'm the complete opposite. I am like OCD about getting every piece of snow off of my car. So hey, we'll save that for the next one. So you would take this. You have. A, you could drive. It might be a little dicey, but you're not going to take that chance. Absolutely not. What a responsible man. Man. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> all right. And me, I, just, I yellow it. Yeah. I, I got to look through the little hole. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to do that. (laughs) Fun doing it. Okay. So next up, you have to clear your car off now. There's snow all over the place. You have no little hole to to look through. Okay. Do you clean off bare minimum or do you get every last chunk of ice, all the windows completely clear, use the brush, use the scraper, get it crystal clear? Bare minimum. I'm so lazy. If I'm wearing like a waterproof coat, I'll take my arm instead of the brush because it covers more surface area. Um, I've been known to like just roll down a window. Mm-hmm. I do that to get trick. the snow off mm-hmm. as fast as possible. Get me in the heat. Yep. Bare yeah. minimum. Cables. I do. I will clean off the roof. Oh, never. what? Never. I'm not going to let the snow like fly into other people's faces. I'm okay. Considerate. That's very nice of you. I'm considerate, but I'll that's I won't like make sure it's completely clean. Okay. So you, you don't care about yourself, but you care about the other people behind you. Yeah. Okay. That's what a nice person. All right, tables. Yeah, I get everything off. So I actually went out of my way to buy a bougie snow brush for this reason. I get every piece of snow off of the car. Define bougie snow brush. Uh, high end. High What's end? What's the price range on this? Is it heated? We're we talking a rack, a rack or two? What are we talking? It's so like 35, 40 bucks. It's pretty What? Big. Wait a second. Wait, there's heated snow brushes? Well, Not you have a heated, no. on the queue. No. no. Oh. And the queue. Well, get out of here. Do you know Nobody the- calls QVC the queue. <laughs> yes, they do. No. Yes, they do. That's the Quicken Loans Wait, Arena. They do the know them though. Heated windshield ice scraper. Okay. And I do the bare minimum. F that. I got places to go. Okay. And then next up, you are either in winter. A scarf person or you're not a scarf person. There's no in between. You can either rock a scarf or you cannot rock a scarf. Who are you? Um, I will wear a scarf, not every day. So you have, you have the confidence of, you have scarf yeah. confidence. I think it's a big like male-female thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a scarf wearer. Right. How do you tie your scarf? <laughs> <laughs> Around the head. Like hipster, or a hipster style. Is that hipster style? I yeah. literally just loop it around once. You don't do the fold through the middle? Yeah, I do the fold no. through the middle. Okay. No, see, that's what that's, that's like the. That's when you are actually what? trying. <clears throat> yeah. No. I think it's like chuggy. And it's pr- kind of chuggy. Yeah. Okay, Taves. Taves. There's no way Taves has ever worn a scarf. No, I am not a scarf. He's person. got a cold neck. <laughs> I have scarves. I am not a scarf guy either. I don't look good in scarves. I don't know what's wrong. I'd rather my neck freeze off my body than wear a scarf. Okay, you have icicles on your house. There's two ki- types of people. People that look at the icicles and appreciation, people that knock those effers off. I love kicking icicles. And if you knock them off with your hand, you could take a nice chomp out of one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Nicole. Um, I love knocking them down, but safely because my mom would always scare me and say that she had a big injury as a kid from being right underneath an icicle. Is she Ralphie from a Christmas store? 
Was it, did, it, she actually got hurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad? I don't remember. Where did it oh. get her? I don't know. I just remember there was blood. So she always <sighs> like was very strict about being underneath icicles and playing with them. So I've got an addition on the back of my house and I have like a gas fireplace and I let that thing get like super hot in the winter and I turn it on and it like melts all the snow and it makes these biggest icicles ever. And I had this huge icicle and I'm like, I gotta take this thing down. And I hit it with the shovel and it just fell down and it hit the, um, the, the spigot, the water spigot. And it like broke it from the inside. Water was spraying everywhere on the inside. It had a no freeze on there, but it just broke it from the inside. It mm-hmm. bent it, bent it so much. It was that icicles are are for real. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tables, icicles. What do you do? Leave them alone. Touch them. <laughs> you an icicle toucher? I like, I, I like admiring them and then knocking them down. Okay. Yeah, I knock them down. Yeah. It's such a great joy to do that. Okay. And that was it. Yeah. Two types of people. But we're all cold. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>